Good morning. Y'all are getting better at the good morning thing. Good job. Wow. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Pretty good. Cool. <laughs> hey, I'm doing pretty good as well, but I'm really excited for Christmas party, honestly. I think it's going to be so fun. So I hope that we see all of your faces there tonight. It's going to be the best. So um, Christmas really... I don't remember who I told this to, if it was you guys or middle school a couple weeks ago, but middle school, or sorry, Christmas has never really been my favorite holiday. I don't know why. I think, yeah, it's lame. But this year, I like love Christmas. And I love Christmas songs. I don't know what it is. Jesus changed me. Yeah, something about this season feels just warm and bright and good. And so I'm super excited. Um, if you have been here with us, or if you were here last week, we started a new series called Clear the Way, right? If you remember. Um, and Clear the Way is walking through Isaiah 40. And in Isaiah 40, um, the Israelites find themselves in exile, right? Matt talked about that last week. They've um, been captured by this group of people called the Babylonians, and they're in exile. They are oppressed. They are um, living in slavery again, which they have done before. And so they find themselves in this place that they never wanted to be. Um, but what we're taking from um, Isaiah 40 is that God calls us to prepare the way for him, to clear the way, to make a way for what he's doing and how he's moving. And so we're connecting this to Christmas because we think this season is fun. Obviously it is. We talk about presents and lights and treats, like all that stuff is great. But the bigger picture of the season is that it's about clearing the way for God to enter in, right? Christmas is about remembering that um, God brought hope into the world when we didn't have it before. And so diving into this passage in Isaiah, that's what we hope um, for you to get about it. We hope that you get hope, um, hope knowing that Jesus came and that he's coming again and that he's broken into our lives, that um, we're just riddled by sin. And so we're going to talk more about that today. Um, but first, I want to talk about um, the idea of wilderness or the desert. Um, we saw that last week um, in a passage that Matt talked about um, but I'm going to go to Isaiah 40, verse 3, to just remind you. This idea of the wilderness comes up over and over again in Isaiah, and especially Isaiah 40. Um, the, um, it just continues to come up, and um, it made me wonder, why is this such a big theme? And so we're going to dive into that a little bit. But Isaiah 40, verse 3 says this, Prepare the way of the Lord in the wilderness. Make a straight highway for our God in the desert. So when the Bible talks about a wilderness, we can picture a desert, um, and obviously you have a good frame of reference for that. We have a context of what the desert is like, right? Um, so anytime the Bible mentions the wilderness, it's talking about this desolate, barren, uninhabited place, right? Um, so I had an experience in the desert this last week that I was not expecting to have, um, but one of my friends invited me to go mountain biking with her, and it was really casual, and I was like, Great, never done this before, but it'll be a fun bonding experience. But she laid it out to me like, we're just going to go hop on some bikes, and we're just going to go for a nice light, like, light ride in the desert. And I was like, I can totally do that. What I didn't know was that she's like a professional mountain biker. I had no idea. She like competitively races, and I was like, great. So we met up with all her other friends who also competitively race, and then it's me who literally cannot even get on the bike. I was like, falling, and it was too tall. I was like, I was not made for this, but it was a fun adventure. So 
Soon enough, we are miles and miles deep into the desert, and it's nighttime. And so if you've ever been in the middle of the desert at night, it is equally terrifying as it is beautiful, right? You can look around and see just darkness, and you see like the silhouettes of the giant cacti, which I just learned take like 200 years to grow or something, which is so bizarre to me, but true. Um, So it's dry, and it's dark, and it's uninhabited, and it's so just barren and black because there's no light from the city. So the Israelites find themselves in a context like that, right? If we can picture that darkness, that barrenness, that's where they find themselves, right? They are in um, a wilderness. Maybe not physically, but spiritually and emotionally, they are in a wilderness, right? They never intended to be captured by the Babylonians. That was not what they thought that God's plan for them was. Um, But they find themselves in this place that they never wanted to be. Things were not as they should be. So following that, we get to the main passage that we're going to talk about today. It's Isaiah 40 verse 6 through 8. And I'm going to read that for you. So keep in mind that um, maybe you can relate. They they never wanted to be here. They um, find themselves in the spiritual desert where they are wondering if God is still even there, if his promises for them are even true, if um, maybe this captivity and this exile is all just an accident. Um, But then we get to verse 6. And in this passage, Isaiah is communicating with God, right? This is called a prophecy. So he's communicating to the people something that he thinks that God is speaking over them. So it says this, a voice says, shout. I said, what shall I shout? These people are nothing but grass. Their love fragile as wildflowers. The grass withers, the wildflowers fade, if God so much as puffs on them. Aren't these people just so much grass? True, the grass withers and the wildflowers fade, but our God's word stands firm and forever. So if you like are in your Bible and you look at the, ch- the title of this chapter, it says God's people comforted. And I thought that was funny because this passage at first glance is not really comforting, right? Like if you were to just read this, it looks like God is saying, yeah, you guys are, you're going to die <laughs> someday and your lives are short and it doesn't really mean that much. Um, but God's word stands firm and forever, which is encouraging, right? But for us, it's not. And so looking at this passage at first glance, I was like, this is not comforting at all. But while that is true, while our lives are short, they are, the Bible says it's just like a breath in the wind, like so short. Um, and God's word does stand firm and forever. I do think that there is comfort in this passage. I think that there's encouragement here. We just need to dive into it. Um, a little bit more. So I think that there is enormous hope tucked into these verses, um, both for the Israelites in their captivity with the Babylonians, but also for us and for our future. So the hope is this, and this is my main idea today. So if you remember anything, remember this. God stepped into our exile, fully knowing that we are fragile and faithless. So our hope is that God stepped into our exile fully knowing that we are fragile and we are faithless. So if we go back to that first passage, it says these people are like grass. Their love is like the wildflowers. Um, So if you haven't caught on to it yet, the grass is us. (laughs) We are the grass, right? Um, It says that even if God 
blew a big breath of wind on us that we would blow away. That's how fragile and small we are. We're, in, we're inconsistent. Um, one day we are beautiful and we're blooming and we're thriving. And the next, we're withering away and we are making decisions that we never wanted to make, right? As humans, we just were fickle with God. Um, I can think back to church camps when I was your age or younger, and I remember coming back from camp and telling people that I was on fire for God. And then two days later, I was back in the same rut that I was in before. That's, that's who we are as humans. We make mistakes. We're fragile. We're frail. Um, and we're doing our best to follow God, but ultimately, we're going to be faithless. And that's what this passage is saying. It's saying God knows. He knows that we are grass. He knows that like the wildflowers, that we are ultimately going to fail, that we are going to be faithless. Um, there's a verse in Romans that I find a lot of comfort in because it makes me not feel so alone in my humanity. It makes me know that even when Paul was writing this, that he felt the same way. Um, it's Romans 7:15. It says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Um, maybe you've had that conversation in your head before. We want, we want to do good things. We want to follow God perfectly. We want, um, we want to be faithful in every moment, right? But we find ourselves falling back into old patterns and old habits and being faithless at times. Um, that's the reality of being a human. Um, this, this passage points to our frailty, but it also points out the faithfulness of God and his promises, and that's why I think that this passage is encouraging, because A, it points out that we can be faithless, and God knows that. But two, it points out that God's um, promises are firm and forever. So God's word stands firm and forever. The promise was true for the Israelites, and it's true for us now. Um, back when Isaiah was communicating this to the Israelites, he needed to remind them that God's promise is firm, that his promise is forever that when God promised to rescue them, that that was still going to happen, and they needed that hope, um, and we need that hope today. And that's where the beauty and the hope of Christmas comes from, right? The rescue of the Israelites came from a baby boy in Bethlehem. After so many years of captivity and of exile and of being pushed out of their homes, finally they got to see God's promises come to fruition through Christmas, um, Christmas is an announcement. It's a proclamation that God has acted. He hasn't left us in a painful reality. He stepped into it. Um, he chose to become a human, right, and step into a reality knowing that we're faithless and that we're going to fail him. But still, he chose to step into that. Um, John 1.14 says this, So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. I love that passage in there. It says he made his home in us. He knew that we were fragile, and he knew that we would fail him, but still, he chose to make his home in us, and that's where all the hope and the encouragement and comfort of Christmas is found, that we didn't deserve that. We didn't deserve him making his home in us. And it's not like he didn't know, right? That verse says that he knew. He knew we were like grass. He knew like the wildflowers that we were going to fail him, that we don't have much to offer, but still his promises for us are firm and forever. 
So not only did God come, but he's coming again. The hope of Christmas is that in our wilderness, um, a faithful God stepped into human flesh to save us. And his promise to be faithful doesn't end at the birth of Jesus. So the reality of life is that our wilderness seasons don't end. Because we're on this side of heaven, every day is a wilderness in some regard, right? I don't know what that is for you. I don't know what your personal desert is right now, right? It could be relational. It could be with friends. It could be with family. Um, Stepping into church could feel like a wilderness or a desert. I don't know what it is. We each have our own um, personal deserts, and the problem is that that's not going to end. Even though Jesus has come, we're still walking through that, so we have to be reminded that his promises are firm and forever, right now in our wilderness season, but his promises to come back and rescue us finally is also true. Um, When we walk through wilderness, we walk through desert, we have to think about heaven. We have to think about one day Jesus is going to come back. That promise remains true. So if you look around your world, you probably see brokenness and pain and fear and faithlessness. That's because we live in our humanity, right? We're still this side of heaven, Just like Matt talked about last week, we're still living in exile. That was the reality for the Israelites um, over and over again. And it's our reality now. We're still living in exile. It's still painful and dark and dry at times. But we can take great hope in um, that passage in Isaiah. We can be encouraged that God's promises to comfort us, um, those promises are firm and they are forever. So Christmas is about looking back at the birth of Jesus and celebrating that hope, and it's looking forward to his return, knowing um, that we have hope, that that promise someday is going to come to fruition. So to wrap up, you may be asking the question, what does this mean for me today on December 9th as a high school student, which is totally fair. Um, I think that, one, it means that we recognize that we don't have it all together and God knows that, frankly. He knows that we're grass. He knows that we're fragile. He knows that our lives are short. Um, But we rest in the encouragement and the hope knowing that um, his promise is true, that he will be faithful to us when we are faithless, that he's working through whatever season that we're in. Um, I think, secondly, it also means that we trust that whatever desert or wilderness we find ourselves in, that God is here, that he's present, that just like the Israelites, when all felt like it was lost, when they felt like they were in this deep exile that they never knew if they were going to get out of that captivity, right? Even when all feels like it's lost, that God's promises are still true. Even when we look around and all we see is darkness or drought or um, oppression, you know? So my challenge for you this week is to not run away from whatever the wilderness or the desert in your life is, but to press into that, to um, press in knowing that even when it's hard, that God promises that he will be true, that he, um, his promises for whatever that situation is are firm and forever. So I'm going to invite the band to come back up, and um, while they play, I just have a couple questions that I want you to... Um, to think on and to ponder on today. I want you to take a few moments to just shut out whatever it is in your brain that is nagging you and to just think about um, these two questions. The first one is this. What would it look like for you to believe that God's promises are firm and forever, even in the wilderness?
So how does that change? What does it look like for you to truly hold on to that and believe that? And secondly, how are you pondering on God's faithfulness in this Christmas season? So I hope that Christmas doesn't get lost on you. I hope that um, you don't forget that this season is all about waiting and thinking and um, anticipating the coming of Christ and ultimately his faithfulness to us. Um, So I'm going to have the band play, and I just want you all to spend some time thinking on that.